0: So if you're at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me read this tonight. I do want to pray and ask the Lord for wisdom here uh, just to uh, see what I need to say. You know, obviously you have X amount of things to say that are written down, but how many know we want to choose everything wisely in the time that we have tonight? But First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, uh, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. I do want to skip back to verse 13 there. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. So he is going to explain some things that he doesn't want us to be uninformed about. And it's more than just those that uh, have perished in the Lord, so to speak, And so, what we're speaking of concerning end times, we began last week by just mentioning a few things about that. Tonight we'll sort of conclude, well, maybe not conclude, but we'll see as the Lord would help us and what we need to say about it from this passage. But He wants us to understand these things. And so, in verse 15, He says, For this this we say to you, by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain in the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort or encourage one another with these words. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's take just a moment here to pray. Father, I ask you in the moments that we have together tonight, remaining that you would help me choose every right word that is to be spoken. Father, I offer myself simply as a yielded vessel unto you. Use me to communicate what you desire to be said tonight from your holy word. Lord, we need to know these things. We need to be instructed in the word. Father, even more so in knowing events, the posture of our our hearts must be right concerning things. And so, Lord, help us to... Always have the right posture of our hearts, no matter what is circling and happening in the world. Holy Spirit, help me to bring glory and honor to Jesus tonight, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now into 1 Thessalonians, we could keep reading, and we did last week, but the very next verse rolls into 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And so he's speaking about these things, and he doesn't want us to be uninformed about that. And, of course, we've we talk about the end times preparation is kind of how we titled this thing, end times preparation. And something that we uh, said last week, or I said at the very end last week, I honestly, I didn't even mean to say it. But I said it, and it was right. And I wanted to kind of come back to that with this kind of point, lead with this point tonight, and that's this. Um, preparation is greater than prediction. <clears throat> now, preparation is greater than prediction. I want to expound on that, though, okay? And that is this, in the Word of God uh, there are certain events that will take place, absolutely there are things that are going to take place and happen, there is a timeline that God has. But you'll see a great emphasis of Scripture isn't necessarily always, that there are, listen there is timeline to events, but not specific dates, times, so on and so forth. But one thing we do see with great emphasis in the Scriptures is this, preparation for those events. And sometimes if we're not careful as believers, we can get so caught up, so focused, if you will, on the prediction of certain events that we forget about the preparation for those events. And scripture really emphasizes that preparation is greater than prediction. And one of the number one reasons why that is, is because Jesus himself said over and over, you don't know the day or hour that it would happen. So in other words, listen, prediction can only be good to a certain level or degree. But preparation he was very big on because he would say, stay alert and be watchful. He would say this over and over. He would teach old parables about it. So preparation is greater than prediction. And sometimes in in church, because there's current events that take place and happen, we start thinking, and that's nothing new. You know, when things broke out in the Gulf War way back when, we start saying, hey, what about this and that? You know, every time something happens, we begin to say, well, this, this, this. Absolutely. N- nothing wrong with that. Don't minister to understand. But we m- got to make sure that we don't go so wrapped up in trying to predict an event that we're, we fail to prepare our hearts for that event. Amen. And there is a great event that's coming. Jesus is coming back, hallelujah. He is our soon coming king, glory to God. And he will return and he is coming. And our focus should be preparing ourselves for that moment. Absolutely preparing ourselves. And we talked about that from these verses last week, some of those things that we should live with a daily expectation that he is going to return, that we should live our lives in a ready state for it, that we should live a spiritually focused life. In other words, not be... uh, In other words, live with restraint in regards to the world because we must be focused uh, on the Lord. Now, Matthew chapter 24, Jesus makes this statement again here. In Matthew chapter 24, verse number 42, he says this, Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know which day your Lord is coming, but be assured of this, that if the head of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have been on the alert and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. For this also, for this reason you also must be what ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think he will. So he said we must be what? Alert. That word alert, uh, we looked at that word last week, but it means awake or watchful. He says, for this reason you must be awake or watchful, not falling asleep. So we should be aware of things that are happening. It's good to find out how from Bible prophecy and things that line up in place, absolutely. But one of the reasons why I wanted to speak about this over the span of a couple weeks or so is because sometimes in conversations and just hearing things or just a general current you might see uh, believers and pick up different things along the way is that. People get a little concerned about certain things. You know, what's happening? Because there's certain things in the news that happen, right? Of course, things broke out in Israel, so on and so forth. There are things, more things to come. That's not it. But certainly precursor to more and more things that shall come. Things that take place. You know, you read about different things. Man, you can... All the biometric stuff that happens today and and all the kind of ways that you can buy and sell and all the you know different things you know you can you can walk into the airport and and you know you can do everything with your you know your, your fingerprint basically go into little stores that are there you know little markets you can go in there and get your stuff but if you want to register with them you got a card on file all these things you can just walk in there and put it on the screen go in there buy your snacks walk out you know so on and so forth and and all these different kind of things that people start well, well, what about this? They're going to, listen, I mean, people get all wrapped up, right? The mark of the beast, all these different kind of things. So we need to have a proper view of scripture on these things. And so I want to talk about that a little bit, but also make sure of this. Number one thing though is our preparation. Always value and esteem preparation over prediction. Very important. We want to be prepared. You know, if you're in a if you're in a, a, a area where there's a natural disaster that they say is going to happen. You know, you know if you're in your home, let's say you're in a, a hurricane is coming and you're there. Listen, knowing when it might make landfall is important. You know what's more important? That you're prepared for it to make landfall. Isn't that right? And and the same way is true for the the believer. It's important to be looking. It's important to know things. It's important to understand God's timeline and certain events that will take place. But most importantly, it's our preparation for His coming. Because sometimes we're going to be so focused on things that honestly, we're going to be viewing from heaven. Not even walking in here on the earth. We'll get to that in a moment anyhow. But here in Matthew chapter 25, so right after this in verse 44 of Matthew 24, we roll over into this place, this parable, if you will, Jesus is teaching about the kingdom of heaven and the ten virgins. And he says this in verse number one, then the kingdom of heaven will be comparable to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were prudent. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the prudent took oil in flask along with their lamps Now while the bridegroom was delaying, they all got drowsy and began to sleep. But at midnight there was a shout, Behold the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the prudent, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the prudent, or the wise, answered, No, there will not be enough for us, and you too. So go instead of to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they were going away to make the purchase, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding feast. And the door was shut. And later the other virgins also came, saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Be on what? Again, here he says it again. Be on what? Alert then. For you do not know the day nor the hour. If scripture emphasized prediction over preparation, then he just told us when to be ready by. You know what I'm saying? Be ready by 7 o'clock. That's when we're leaving. Now, some people, you got to tell them be ready by 6.30 so you can leave at 7 o'clock. You know what I'm saying? We all understand these things. But you would just say, he would just give the prediction. This right here at this day in history is when you're going to be but see, the very fact that we, we don't know when it's coming, that's why we have to be ready. Stay ready. They had to be already be in a place of readiness when he came. That's why it says right there, and they took oil with them. They didn't know how long it would be. But when he does come, I'm going to be ready. You see, the focus of Jesus saying, listen, this is the focus. You need to be on alert. You need to be ready. You need to get ready and stay ready stay in that place over and over and over. You know, there are being times of uh, countries can have times of peace and then when there's conflict or something happens they can come into a state of readiness, right? And all of a sudden they alert and they put on alarm their troops and all of a sudden they begin to do things that they weren't doing before because they're getting ready. They train in a different way. They prepare in a different way. They congregate. They, do, they, they go through exercises they necessarily weren't going through or weren't doing as often in this state of peace. But when things are on the horizon, there might be some conflict, then all of a sudden they're called to a, a place of readiness. And all of a sudden now we're going through things in a heightened way. Jesus is saying, listen, you and I need to stay ready. We Listen, we need to keep the fire of God burning in our lives. We don't have to let the dwindle of our love for Him and our hope for Him and our spiritual disciplines to wane in this hour. We need them to be more diligent in this hour. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, where we we're at. Why do we need to be ready? Verse number 17. It says, Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. So in time preparation. What are we preparing for? We're preparing for Jesus' return. Make no mistake about it. Jesus will rapture his church. Now the word right there, the word rapture is not used in Scripture. Right here in this verse we just read, the word caught up is the word raptu. It's where the Latin word raptu, it's where we get our word in the English language, rapture. It speaks of the catching away of the church. It speaks of uh, seizing them, snatching them away. Uh, A very um, forceful act, uh, a very uh, intentional act. Friends, it will be intentional. There is this thing called gravity, and it's going to be defied one day. And it's going to take some kind of force to defy it. But it will happen, glory to God, because all of us, the, those who believe and are expecting the Lord's return, we're going up. And those who are not are still going to be down here. Amen. So you think about that. It's not that gravity is suspended, because if so, then everybody will be up here. No, no, no. It's still there. He's just superseding it for the people that are looking for his return, and we're going to be sucked up right up with them. Man, I mean, right there, glory be to God. And this is Jesus is coming for his church. Now, this is... Not his quote unquote second coming. He will not touch the earth here. The Bible says, though we we gather up and meet him in the air. Acts 1, when he left, he said to the, the angels, said to the disciples that were standing there, This same Lord, this Jesus, he'll return the same manner you've watched him leave. So Jesus will rapture his church swiftly, quickly, with great divine power and force. We shall go forth to him. Now, why does Jesus, why is there a rapture? Why is Jesus going to rapture his church? Well, in 1 Thessalonians 4, we read last week, right into chapter 5, we would go from where we stopped in chapter 4 reading, and he talked about now the times and epics you don't have anybody to need to talk to you about, but as concerning the day of the Lord. And one of the things it says in that passage there, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 9, it says this, For God has not destined us for wrath but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there are certain things about the rapture that it's important for some of us to know. The most important thing is just get ready. Jesus is coming, all right? That's the emphasis we should have. Now, there are, there are many wonderful people who love Jesus that can take different views of when this takes place. Some will believe that it is pre what, what is the Bible calls. Listen, here's a here's timeline, quick timeline. There is going to be a rapture, then there is, of course, a great tribulation, seven years uh, of things that will happen upon the earth. And then we know the, the coming of Christ. There's the millennial reign with Christ. We shall come with him and reign. Now, there is some disagreement of when the rapture takes place. Will it be before the tribulation? Will it be in the middle of it? Will it be after it at the end? And there is wonderful God-fearing people that can think all different kinds of signs. Okay, I believe scripturally it's very sound that there is a pre-tribulation rapture. I believe that. Now, people can show other things in other places. It's not a heaven or hell issue, people. But I'm the one that's talking with a microphone, so I'm just going to tell you what I believe the Word says. All right? I mean, I feel this is a very, very conservative, strong view of Scripture. One reason why I say that, we're not destined for wrath. And there's a lot of things happening on the Great Tribulation we don't want to be a part of. We're not destined for wrath. Also this. Now there's another reason for you. John chapter 14. Now we could do a lot of deep dives into this, but we'll just suffice to stay right here on the surface. But John chapter 14, verse number 2 and 3. Notice this. Jesus said this. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also." Now think about this. Jesus is now preparing a place for us in heaven. Is that not right? He's going to come and receive us to himself so that where he is we can now be. Well, if all of this coming is at the end of the tribulation, guess where he's at at the end of all that? Not heaven. He's coming to rule on the earth, the millennial reign of Christ. So, if he's coming to receive us to himself, we're, not, we're going to be with him. Where he's at currently, that will be heaven. That's the context, if you will. The Bible also says in Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 10 through 11. says this, he's sticking to the church of Philadelphia. He says, this because you have kept the word of my perseverance. I will also keep you from the hour of testing. That hour which is about to come on the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Now, how is he going to to do that? He says, because you've kept the word, I will, notice this, I will ask you keep you from this hour that's coming on the whole earth. How is he going to keep this, verse 11? I am coming quickly. I am coming quickly. So in other words, it's his coming that will keep us from experiencing that which comes on the earth. Do you see that? And there's almost no other way to interpret Revelation 3.10 other than explaining the church going to be with him. Also, furthermore, just to say that, just to spit some things out, if you read through Revelation, you'll see the church, uh, past Revelations 4, like verse 1, past that, any reference to the church ever made has them in heaven. And it begins to talk about the tribulation from then on, you know, chapter 4 on. And so clearly this is where we're at. Now you might say, well, yeah, I believe that. Okay, good. Okay, I I, I just want to encourage you that. Because here's things that people get to up about. Oh, I don't know about this. I mean, I'm telling you something. You hear things. I, I, you, know what they're, you know what they're doing now? They're implanting things into people. You know what's happening here? You know, medical things and this and that, and, you know, uh, you know, your digital records and all kinds of different things. Listen, 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 listen. And people, and listen, there is going to be a moment where there is a mark of the beast. And that takes place to be able to buy and sell and go back commerce. But friends, I feel very strongly in Scripture that we will not be on the earth when that happens. And, and if you want to be there, then I'm sure he might let you. But I mean, listen, I believe we could go to be with him. I believe that the church is one of the greatest restraining forces on the earth to hold back evil from fully manifesting on this earth. And when all this righteousness, it's the thing that keeps it down. People say, well, you think the antichrist is alive? He very well could be. The truth is, I don't know who that is, nor do you. We won't, honestly, even when the tribulation happens, you won't really fully know who the Antichrist is because, honestly, everything is peaceful and wonderful. He attracts people to himself. You wouldn't think it's him. And then, like, three and a half years in, he turns around and, boom, this, now, he's, now he's using the Antichrist things. You know what I'm saying? I don't know who it is. Now, the spirit of the Antichrist is already in the earth. It's already been in the earth. It's still in the earth. Why? Because we know that comes from the devil anyway. His influence is present in the earth. People yield to him. But there are things that get people in a fearful state sometimes. And as a church, we should never be fearful. Why did Paul write this? Remember, go back to last week. Comfort one another with these words. Encourage one another with these words. Listen, there's lots of things happening. Lots of things going on. But friends, he will keep us in every situation, in every moment. We don't have to get concerned about it. We don't have to be worried about it. We don't have to wonder about it. Oh, am I going to make it? Am I going to get ready? What's going to take place? Friends, I'm telling you, you and I are not destined for wrath. So you know what? Are there some things that maybe you're trying to people are implementing and trying? And listen, no doubt about it. If you have been awake the last few years, you can see things planned for, prepared for. You can see the enemy trying to get ready for things. You can understand things. They're going to move things more with technology. All these things will happen. But friends, you and I have a God. He is coming for us, hallelujah. Amen. So our job, though, is preparation over prediction. These things will take place and it's, we can study about things and so on and so forth, but don't get things out of, time, out of whack in your timeline. Friends, listen, he's coming for us. He's coming for us. Glory to God, he's coming for us. Oh, thank you, Jesus, he's coming for us. And there are many other more proofs, many more other scriptures we could go into point in this direction. So friends, don't be alarmed, don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. Uh, listen, wars and rumors of wars and things being attacked in America and all kinds of different things happening. And Man, this things, listen, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> I tell people this, you know, it's, listen, the things you hear about, that's not going probably going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we're we're going to have a terrorist attack here or there. Though, those things happen when nobody knew about them, you know what I'm saying? Or so on and so on. they didn't just publicly broadcast stuff until after the fact, right? There's so many things that if we heard, we'd be all up in arms about it. Friends, trust the Lord. He's your protector. And I know things get put out there and spit out there, but friends, he is coming for us. Let us be about the Father's business and help as many people be ready for that event as we are ready for that event. He's coming. Amen. Glory to God. Stand with me if you will.